You're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. Let's talk all about making a huge course. Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And today I'm going to share with you a little about the big course that I've been building this year and the lessons that I've learned from that. And why am I doing this? Well, because I want you to learn from all of the things that I've learned. Learn from my mistakes, definitely. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, But over the course of this year, especially, I have learned some really interesting things about getting stuck back in and building giant projects. And I know that a lot of the clients I I work with and build for end up building something that's bigger than they thought it would be. And often when I get to a client, they've got this concept that's bigger than Ben-Hur. Now, Courses don't always have to be big and don't have to be huge. In fact, there is definitely a market for much smaller products and there is definitely opportunity for you to have a smaller product that leads into a larger project. But if build big signature program is something that you've wanted to do or has been on your to-do list for a while, then this is the perfect episode for you to really think about how that might work. So I've spent the majority of this year working with a local city council, building a huge management training program for them. So they realized they had a gap in the training that was available to all of their managers and they wanted to build a custom product that would fit, that would be this supportive program that would guide people through becoming a better manager. It was a five module program delivered across six months. Each module had a four hour live face-to-face workshop a workbook that went with the workshop, but then accompanied them back into the workplace so they continue to use the skills and the templates and the tools that they've learned. Online modules where they then went and learned more information, dug deeper into some of the concepts that were covered in class and took online assessments to show that they had learned the things that we had covered. And then just-in-time resource hubs full of resources for if they wanted to go and learn more about something in the future. So if they got to a point in time where they went, oh, hang on, we covered that in class. I want to go back and learn some more about that thing. There was a just-in-time resource hub for them to be able to do that. So as you can see, for each of the five modules, there was all of those different ranges of resources and supportive tools. And it was a huge project. So what I want to share with you today is all of the things that I was reminded of while building this project that really got me through. Building a huge project or a huge course can be completely overwhelming. And sometimes it's really hard to see the end and the finish line when you're stuck deep in the middle of it. So I'm going to share with you my three tips for making the most of working your way through a huge course. Tip one, be super clear about what you're trying to achieve and the outcomes that need to be met. So often when people are building a huge course, it ends up huge just because they're trying to put everything in it. And even with a huge course, you can't put everything. Everything doesn't fit. Even with a four-year uni degree, you don't cover everything on that subject. You don't cover everything in maths if you go and take a four-year maths degree, right? There's still masters. There's still all the stuff that comes after that. There's still all of the things that came before that. No matter how big the course is, you still cannot fit everything in and nor should you try. And that was really the case with this one. Although we were building a huge program and a really supportive program, we still couldn't put everything about management inside this program. It just physically wouldn't fit. So what we did is we went through a process of doing some really deep dive research, making sure that we knew what the stakeholders wanted to achieve, what outcomes the program needed to meet, where the gaps were, so what people currently weren't 
doing or didn't know how to do. And so we came up with a list of really clear specifics of this is what the course needs to cover and why. Why does the course need to cover those things? Who said it needs to cover these things? What outcomes are going to be met if we cover those things? Now, obviously, your research process might not be quite as in-depth. You don't need necessarily to go and meet with a bunch of stakeholders. But going through the process of creating a list of objectives and outcomes and why you need them to learn those things is a vital part of creating any course, but especially a huge course so you don't get lost along the way. You will get caught up trying to add extra things in, wanting to make extra videos, put extra content in, teach them more, 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 more. But it just, it can't happen. It won't fit. And so if you start by making a plan with some really clear outcomes, by the end of the course, they need to know A, B, C, D. They need to be able to do A, B, C, D. And why? Why is being able to do that thing really important to them and to you and to the course in general? And once you've got that list, you can then start to build the content and the processes and create the outcomes that you want to make. But without a really clear objectives list, you're going to get so lost along the way. Tip two, set deadlines. So especially with huge projects, it's really important that you set deadlines, not just a, I want the course to launch by December and then hope that somewhere in the next 12 months it gets built, but set little tiny deadlines along the way. This will save you and it will help you feel like you're actually making progress. So it might be that I want to have all of my outcomes written by three weeks from now. I want to have done all my research and written a list of outcomes I want them to achieve. I want to have drafted module one by eight weeks from now and be able to see what content I want to cover and what videos I need to record. These little deadlines along the way will help you stay on track rather than, and take it from me, I was terrible at leaving homework, especially big projects until the last minute, try to cram it in the night before it was due. But it's the same with your course, right? People say, I want to launch a course in December. And then they get to October and November and start to build, but it's getting too late. But if you create little steps along the way, if you lay out your deadlines throughout the year and say, okay, by January, I want to be this far. By February, I want to be this far. It helps you stay on track and it gives you the dopamine hits of actually making progress. You're like, tick. Yes, I did that thing. Okay. On to the next thing. And without those little deadlines, those little steps along the way, especially with a huge project, it's very easy to get disheartened and overwhelmed and lost in the process. But by having clear little action steps along the way, you feel like you're getting somewhere. And trust me, I needed that with this project. I needed to feel like I was getting somewhere. Tip number three, test your content. So especially when you're building a big program, what happens is we put all of this time and effort into building something and it can take six, seven, eight, 12 months, right? It can take a long, long time. And then we release it to the world. And then we realize that there's gaps or it doesn't work, or we recorded a hundred videos, but actually people would have preferred face-to-face or like whatever it might be. We find all of these issues at the end, which is why it's really important to test your content and even more important with a huge project. So you don't create all of it first, but you create bits at a time and you test each bit. So with the project I was working on, we had three pilot groups. So what I would do is I would build a module and we would then bring in a class and we teach it to a pilot group. Off the back of that, we'd get their feedback and we ourselves would review how it went, where were the gaps, what didn't work, what did I think was a great example or scenario, but once it hit the real world, the class kind of just looked blank faced at you. You want to find those things. And once we got that from the first pilot group, we could make edits, we could put the second pilot group through, we could make any final tweaks. And then when it went through the third pilot group, 
that's a mouthful to say. It was really nutted out by that point. That was just really the, like, we're just making sure that we know what we're talking about, that the facilitators know what they're saying, especially with this program, because I was designing something that I wasn't going to facilitate. We needed to make sure that the facilitators felt really comfortable at the front of the classroom teaching the stuff that I'd built. Now, obviously your project won't look the same. You might not have three pilot programs. You're not going to be testing all of those different ways, but it is still important to test your content. We've spoken in previous episodes about beta testing and beta testing is an important part of building a program, but often doesn't happen until the very end. Some people beta test live as they build, and that's definitely an option. But even if you get someone else just to go through the content as you build it, it gives you that second set of eyes, that point of view, and it gives you the opportunity for someone to go, hey, I don't understand what you're saying here, or you recorded this video, but I don't really get what I'm supposed to do now. And you need someone else like that to be able to give you those insights because we become blind to those things. You just can't see them because you're too close to your own content. Do go and find the other episodes about beta testing. There's some really interesting discussions in there, but if nothing else, get someone else, ideally someone who's your target market, not just your mom or your friend, but get someone else to look at the content and make sure it makes sense to them. Make sure they understand the things you're trying to say. Okay, so time for an action step because you cannot build a course, especially a huge course. By listening to me talk about courses, you have to go and do something. And today's do is especially if you're building a huge course, but even if you're building a small course, is to start with a really clear list of outcomes and objectives. It will make your course creation process so much easier if before you start mapping out modules or before you start recording videos or before you start any of those things, you sit down with a pen and paper and go, right, by the end of this course, they need to be able to know or do these things. And if you can create that singular checklist, then every time you build a video or write a document or whatever you're doing, you can look back at your list and go, okay, is this teaching them how to do those things? Yes, awesome, it belongs in the course. No, well then why am I trying to squeeze it in? What is the point of the thing that I'm building right now? So go away, build yourself an outcome list. Trust me, it will make the process easier. Okay, it's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. Okay, don't stop them in the street. But please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes. And better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search Content Into Courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time.